All right, welcome to Double Dribble Bucks, the first podcast we're doing. This is an NBA podcast heavily focused on the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm one of your hosts, Seth Peterson, and across the screen here is Brett Sand. Hello, everybody. Brett, I hear you watched a lot of the All-Star festivities this weekend. Uh, any insight? What do you What do you got? What are your takeaways? I did. I watched a lot of it. Um... On Friday, I did not see any of the celebrity game. Um, I think Friday night's pretty, I don't know, very like for the, the million dollar fan club, the people that pay a lot of money. Uh, I don't think broadcast TV people really care too much about what happened on Friday. Um, I did see that they had a Draymond Green versus Kevin Hart three point shootout, which uh, was pretty funny, I guess, to see. Um, and who won kind of that? Surprising. Uh, you know, I don't actually don't know. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> it's funny because well, we don't care. One, well, exactly. The, the, the clip I did see is that they did tie, uh, at least the first round. So after that, it was like I, I wasn't invested enough to care. Um, I will say as uh, Indianapolis hosting so far, it seems like they've done a really good job. I like the – they did some piece uh, with Larry Bird – Isaiah Thomas and Reggie Miller that was really cool the announcers are very obsessed with uh, Tyrese Halliburton which I mean I get it but at the same time it's just like oh my god like it's just bring it down just a little bit there's uh, you know and I think with our whole concept of very Bucks heavy there's like no Bucks love this whole weekend um, a little tiny bit for, for Dame repeating as a three point champion uh, but for Giannis who was the number one vote getter? Uh, you know he's absolutely dominating in the sport, and they're just like the only time I saw anybody talk to him was like literally the last interview before they tipped off for the. That just yeah, for, I don't know. It's just pretty weird. Yeah. First off, shout out to Wisconsin Tyrese Halliburton, Oshkosh North kid. That's right. Um, the I saw one minute of the All Star Weekend, which was like five minutes ago when I was waiting for you to get back to the <laughs> podcast deal. But actually what I saw was Giannis talking to Dame on the court is like during the warmups and Giannis was mic'd up and he was saying how they are the two oldest there. And so he was, he was saying, Hey, to win a championship, we have to beat a bunch of kids. And he seemed like kind of like legit serious about it. Like, like competitive, like I'm not going to lose to a bunch of kids is kind of what I got out of it. So it was kind of cool to see. But also, I didn't realize that he's the second oldest. I guess Dane being the oldest kind of it doesn't really surprise me. But Giannis being the second oldest kind of that does surprise me. I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah, I heard him say that too, and I it's definitely like an East versus West thing because on the West he's definitely not the oldest. I mean, number one, he got LeBron yeah. uh, going into age forty season. Uh, it seems like everyone on the West is just old vets that are just you know fantastic. But the East is all about the exciting young guys and I think that is going to be a challenge I think that's something that uh, if I were Giannis I'd think the same thing it's like okay I appreciate that you're this young exciting dude but uh, I'm a two time MVP I've already won this thing like let's see what it's like in a seven game series uh, with me like running into you over and over and over again because I just don't think it's going to be something they want to sign up for that's right I agree uh, and the all-star break came at a good time for the Bucks because it's been tough it's been a tough start to Doc's tenure as head coach. Um, and after that last game, actually something I wanted to quick bring up. After that last game, Doc called out some of the players for you know being in Cabo early. And Giannis called some players out as well, you know, essentially saying, you know, who do we do we want it? You know, who's gonna work hard enough to actually get this championship? There were no specific names, you know, being called out by either of those two. Did you think did you have anybody in mind as to like who they were talking about? And maybe they're talking about different people. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I've been trying to think of who that could be because uh, that is, you know, really something. The fact that the coach calls it out and then Giannis calls it out. I mean, Giannis, that's something that he's kind of always done. Uh, from everything I know about Giannis, he's the guy that stays after the game. Uh, the infamous ladder gate when he was trying to get some shots in. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Remember yeah. that? Uh, you know, early to shoot arounds, uh, I think in part of his comments were, you know, if you need to come in early and shoot around before shoot around, you need to. 
So that was the only thing that like jumped out to me is like, okay, he's definitely calling out some people that maybe their shots just haven't been falling. And I find it hard to believe that he'd be calling out Dame. Um, I just don't buy it. I think Dame is an ultimate competitor. He's just having some ups and downs, uh, but he's still great. I mean, he's still fantastic. It's the casual Bucks fans that are freaking out about him right now. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think it there could be something said for Beasley, who, despite having a fantastic year, um, is relying too much on a shot that when it's not falling, um, you know, I think the last game, it was something like where he's like one of seven or one of ten. And it's like, all right, well, if you're supposed to be this big three-point shooter that is going to help us get to this championship, you can't be doing that. Like, that's just, you have to be better than that. And, you know, that, that was just the, the one name, I guess, if I had to throw one out, that that was probably the one that I was thinking about. Um, everyone else just doesn't seem to, I don't know, fit the bill for someone to be called out this time. Yeah, regarding Doc's comments, I, read, I think it was the athletic article I read where they, like, they specifically said Jay Crowder was one of the guys because Doc referred to a specific play. I think it was like the first play of the second half. Um, so at least for that comment, I think one of that was Jay Crowder was one of the guys who wasn't, I forgot what, what exactly Doc said, but he wasn't hustling. He, you know, his mind was in Cabo supposedly, which kind of makes sense. Which, uh, Jay Crowder might do that. Quick thing on Jay Crowder. I heard the funniest thing and I honestly can't remember uh, if it was, I think it was maybe greatest of all talk where they were talked about, how Jay Crowder looks like the great your own player in like a video game where you put on every possible accessory. Yes. He's got like <laughs> yeah. the, the sleeves and the, the leg uh, stuff. And it's just like, how much more stuff are you going to wear to play guy? I get he's <laughs> older, but it's like, it's pretty funny. Yeah. I wonder if it helps. Like, to, you know, know, would, would he be a drastically different player if he just had like bare arms and legs? Maybe he's covering stuff up, you know, regrets of his life. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what his arms and legs look like, you know? Yeah. Maybe he's got a, uh, what is it, a Lamello situation where he decided to get a very unfortunate tattoo over his entire yeah. body. And the league's like, no, it's not going to go anymore. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> okay. Well, let's jump into the first topic, which is kind of comparing Doc and AG and just kind of looking at. You know, it's a disappointing start to Doc's tenure, like I mentioned, um, and kind of looking forward as to like what what should we expect, uh, and kind of look at some of the trends uh, that have been going on the past few games. Um, so to start off, one thing I, I noticed or one thing I looked at was under AG, the Bucks were thirty and thirteen, as we all know, but their win differential was number one in the league. And that's so basically their record was better than their actual play. And so there's like a projection when, when you look at that stat, they project like how many wins should have this team had, you know, based on, I think they basically are looking at point differential. So we won 30 games. What do you think the projected wins actually was for that data? Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going I'm to go on a limb and say it was under 20. So I'm going to go like 19. Wow. That's that's actually an interesting answer. So your your thought is was does the Bucks looked that poorly that it was you know only nineteen wins. That's impressive. The, the answer is twenty five point seven. So that was four to five wins less is what the expectation would be, um, and I th I think that projection was saying that if you know if everything were to stay the same, that they would have finished fifth in the East was their projection, even though we were second in the East at that time. So, that, I mean, obviously not great. I don't think Bucks fans would be happy with that. But it is better than what we've seen the past 10 games. Interestingly, though, under Doc in the last 10 games, the Bucks have the worst win differential in the league. So the record is worse than the data would would seem to think it should be. And that's only 10 games, so it's going to be a smaller number. Uh, but that projection was 4.3 wins instead of the, the three. They're three and seven in the past 10 games. Um, real quick, just your initial impressions comparing Griffin's tenure and Doc's tenure. Do you think the Bucks are you know better or worse under one or the other, or like just maybe just general thoughts? What do you think? 
Um, so I'm going to say, uh, maybe a little controversial, but I'm going to say that the Bucks are drastically better off with Doc, and I'm going to say why. Um, I was rooting for, for AG. Uh, I really was. Uh, maybe it's part of my, my Bucks fandom, um, but it was like, all right, I like the idea of a you know coach that's been in the league for a while. Uh, you get a veteran team. Clearly, you got buy-in from the owners and the players, and this is going to be something that comes in, but um, the problem is it just didn't seem like he, for lack of a better way of saying it, knew what he was doing. Uh, the job was too big for him. Um, he had a scheme that I watched uh, some video on where Brooke was not happy. And you could tell that Brooke was saying, like, all right, this is just not working. Um, it was something along the lines of the way that, you know, AG wanted him to play was to, if the, his, his guy was up uh, on the three-point line, he wanted him to go up there. But Brooks' natural instincts as a defensive player is, I'm not going up there. I'd rather let him take the shot or have somebody move over because I have to get down here. And sure enough, on the play, you hear AG shouting, get up. Brook goes up, and they talk, they throw it right down to the paint. The guy has an easy layup, and Brook is clearly upset. And so I think what was happening was if, if the if the Bucks organization had not made a change, I think this was going to start to become – comically horrible. Um, I think you would have seen an absolute implosion with this team. That, to how much it affected Giannis, I don't know, but would I have been overly surprised to see people coming out and having huge problems with the team, demanding trades, creating some sort of environment that is not what the Bucks organization is looking for. So bringing someone like Doc, who it's like, yes, I understand he's got lots of problems, right? He has to get over his playoff record and some of these other things, but he's a veteran leader. People are listening to him. Early reports are Dame seems to love his coaching style. Um, people seem to be ready to play for him. Uh, and 10 games, yeah. Did I want to see him come in and go 10 and 0? Uh, but I think it's actually better that he had a losing record because it potentially is showing that he was trying things and trying to figure out what about the system was broken because he has to figure this out. And then, you know, you're right. The all-star break came at the perfect time for him to be able to have this break despite having to coach in this game. Uh, but the Bucks don't play again until Friday. Uh, I'm hoping it's just like, all right, let's hopefully I figured some things out. He does have a great coaching staff. And uh, I think maybe they can get through some of these, these problems now that he's there. So what did you expect or maybe and what still, still do you expect from Doc coming in what changes did you expect to see with the bucks guess on the offense right now offensively offense, i am slightly yeah. worried with the offense um i mean we just have not looked as good as we have with that offense i don't know um what is particularly happening with that but i think you know one of the things that i heard doc say was um something along the lines of like as a team we have to touch each other more and what he was saying by that he's like you guys are high-fiving each other you're not celebrating things and I think that's noticeable. Even early in the season, I saw Giannis and Dame, and Dame was trying to talk to Giannis, and Giannis was just like kind of dismissive of it. And I understand Giannis is a different player when he's playing. He's very much in the zone. But once Doc was there, you saw the two of them talking more. And it's a minor thing, but think back to the Green Bay Packers when they won the Super Bowl in 2011, and Charles Woodson was there. And if you remember this, every time they made a big defensive play, the players would go over and shake each other's hands. I don't know if you remember that. But it was like that type of thing where it's like we're a unit, we're working together, we have a common thing that we're doing, and let's get on each other's side. I think it sounds so silly, but I think that is something that was missing. I think they were alienating each other, and I think that is the biggest thing that potentially Doc can bring to this team. And I, it seems so stupid to say, but I don't know. I think there's something there to it. I agree with pretty much everything you're saying, and I totally agree I don't know if you said this but I think you pretty much were saying that the you know the players kind of quit or, or never really even were on board with Griffin because that was that game that you were referring to I think was the Toronto game which was like game four maybe and they yes, blew us out yes, Toronto game, yep. um, I mean so I'm not sure they ever bought in to Griffin and what he wanted to do and that's even though they were 30 and 13 it just didn't seem like they were you know there for their coach like you said like they weren't a, a united front and so, and I agree with you that it, it does look better. And it's just interesting that that's not translating to wins. 
and that it translated to a 30 and 13 record. I mean, I would have expected, like you were saying, like 19, you know, 19 and whatever that would be. So, so it is kind of confusing, but yeah, yeah, we tend to agree on kind of what we were seeing there regarding the offense and how good it was under Griffin. And they were a 121.2 rating, which was fourth in the league with doc. It's 113.9, which is 21st in those 10 games. And it is kind of startling. Like, you know, how, how does that happen? Um, <laughs> and, and I guess I'm wondering, are things headed in the right direction? And why is it off to a bad start? Do you have any ideas specifically on the offense, what's changed or, and, you know, why we've taken such a step back? So some of the things I've noticed um, on the offensive side, I've noticed uh, we are passing more, uh, not as much isolation possessions where, you know, whoever gets the ball uh, right after half court, when AG was there, was like, that's the person taking the shot. I can count on it. You know, like if Giannis is dribbling up and he passed to Beasley, Beasley's taking that shot. Like whether he's taking it right that second or he's going to dribble, that's what's happening. Like, and, and, you know, you look at that team and yeah, the offense was, was fourth, right? But look at how bad we were at defense. I mean, I'm, I know you have that stat and we're going to get to that in a second, but you have to put up a lot of points if you're giving up as many points as you had. I mean, you watch the game and Quick Trip is going to give you, what, 10 cents off if they score 95. Well, that was like a given in the third. I mean, Doc, that's not necessarily <laughs> yeah. happening. Um, and I think a lot of that is because the defense was so bad that the offense was just playing just to try to even keep up in some of these games. It wasn't because we were like unstoppable. It was the defense was so bad we had to score. And I think that's that's the biggest point for me. Yeah, and that goes to the first thing I have in my notes, which what I looked up was pace. And it has dramatically changed under Doc. Um, yeah, with Griffin, it was basically we had to win shootouts. And then, you know, people were saying that. And then we were saying that's not how you're going to win a championship. And you look at Indiana, like no one's taking Indiana seriously, even though they're the number one offensive team, or, or at least they were at one point, if not now. Um, and so, yeah, even though we were fourth in the league, every game was a shootout and that just didn't seem like it was going to translate. I mean, it still doesn't like, I don't, most people aren't, don't believe that that's going to translate to playoff basketball. Um, and the, the stat I was looking at here is so in regards to pace, the bucks pace in October, November, December, January, 104, 101, 103, 102, which was top five every month. So every month under Griffin top five, then we get doc February, it dropped to 99.4, 17th in the league. So we were top five, top five, top five, top five. Doc comes in 17. So he definitely did some things to, to change the pace, you know, on purpose, or at least I think so. I don't think that's just players kind of changing for 10 games. At least that's my, my guess. Um, so that's pretty interesting. And that goes to what you were saying with your first thought on what's different. All right, the second thing I had, in my notes was the the shooting location like where are we getting our shots off and this was kind of interesting it wasn't quite as dramatic um but we went from 11th in the league at shots at the rim at 34 percent to 26th in the league under doc with uh 30 percent of our shots or at the rim so i don't i don't love that you know and that's not something i thought is that something you noticed at all no that's actually quite surprising um, I was not expecting that because I've even noticed like Brooke, you know, Brooke is a player that, you know, is going to put up threes. Uh, he trusts his shot. Uh, you're going to live and die with it. And for the most part, you're fine. Uh, but he's been actually cutting to the basket way more uh, than I've seen before. And of course you have Giannis, who's always getting most of his points there. Uh, and Bobby has been playing well on the offensive side. So that is very surprising. It's not something that I noticed at all. Um, I know that there's a lot of three-point shooters. Um, you know, AJ Green coming on has been awesome. I don't know how long that's going to last. I don't know how many minutes he's going to keep getting. But you take Green with Beasley and Dame, it's like, all right, well, that's pretty fantastic. Um, but you still have a lot of players that should be close to the rim. So that that's very surprising. You bring up a good point. Green, he wasn't playing much under Griffin. Right, all no, of a sudden, it, like Doc saw something in him, or I'm not sure what happened, but that's a really good point because our three point attempts have gone up from 38 percent to 41, 
Um, we were pretty high. I mean, we were eighth in the league under Griffin, and now we were third in the league under Doc. Uh, but it is an increase. But to your point, maybe, yeah, maybe that's just playing green. I mean, green's just going to shoot threes, right? He's not going to, like, it, basically go to the rim ever. It's true. And one of my notes was, um, you know, Griffin didn't play A.J. Green hardly at all, but he played Ajax. And Doc comes in and completely changes that. Yeah. So either he thought, you know, a, a possible thought was that, you know, Griffin was like, all right, I need Ajax because I'm not worried about the offense. The defense needs to be fixed. And that's what Ajax is bringing to me. And then, you know, Doc even early on said, hey, guess what? The defense is the problem. And that was one of the early things he said. He's like, you guys can play defense. This is a team that's set up to be defensive. And, and to his point, I'm sorry. Like, I love Drew Holiday. He's a fantastic player. But you don't swap Drew out and we just plummet defensively. Like, that's yeah. just – there was something else going on there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, with Green coming on and some of the games he's been having, I mean, he's launching threes and he's hitting them. And that's pretty fantastic. So maybe that is – if we're going up in, in our three-point percentage, then – that makes more sense. I think we need to find a little more balance. I mean, being in the bottom part of the league like that is not ideal. Um, I know that's kind of the league now, um, but it's one of the reasons I think the Nuggets do so well is, you know, there's no answer for Jokic being down there uh, when they're playing the West because nobody wants to take him on. Uh, well, why can't we have that with Brook and Giannis down there? I feel like that's something that we've done before. Yeah. Yeah. This stat was interesting to me and, because uh, like Boston for I, I didn't look it up but Boston maybe is number one in the league with threes I mean it seems like they take a ton of threes I could see that and I don't I don't love that because just when you don't have it you just you lose a game you know and, and it's hard right, to recover yes. from a bad shooting night if you're taking a crazy amount of three-point attempts so if that's your offense some sometimes it's just like you're gonna lose and, and what are you gonna do about it and so that that's what scares me a little bit. I, I'd prefer more balance. Um, I want shots at the rim. I, obviously, Giannis. I want Dame to drive. So they they both do that. I don't think they've changed their game much. But just in general, it scares me a little bit if we're like top three three point attempts. Even though that's the way it's going, and maybe I should look back in twenty twenty one. Like what what were we? I, I guess I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I that was interesting. I didn't expect that. Um, the other thing I put down here was our transition offense. We've, we've been able to get into transition off offense a little bit more with doc, but what's kind of weird and maybe it's just a small sample size, but our points per play in transition is terrible. The past 10 games, it's uh 27th in the league under Griffin. We were 11th in the league. And so I wonder if that's just, a, just, you know, players just happen to not do as well the past 10 games, or do you think there's some transition offense strategy that has changed um you know I, I think a lot of the i think a lot of the stats that you're going to see in our doc um you're going to have to kind of take out with a grain of salt because you know everything that i'm seeing with doc has to pass my eye test uh because i think in those in those 10 games that he had he came in knowing that he had 10 games for the all-star game I think he was just trying a lot of stuff because the the problem is I think there's a lot of people that are going to say, all right, we'll give you the the time before the All Star game, but we are going to have one of the biggest spotlights on us coming out of this All Star break, and if we go three and seven in these next ten games, then it's going to start to be, holy crap, there's something really wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I, I think that. It's hard for me to comment on that because, you know, from the from the eye test, I feel like we were making decent shots. It seemed like we were running better plays. We had a better sense of urgency there. Uh, the stats aren't backing it up, but uh, I'm a little too early to, to jump all over that one just because I think, you know, it's too much transition going on right now. Yeah. Well, the dramatic thing that we saw there was a difference in pace, that the stats back up, the eye test backs it up. That's definitely a big change that's happened. Yes. So, yeah, we'll see what happens in the next 10 games on offense. Uh, flipping to defense, we have seen an obvious change, right? But what what things have you noticed on defense that are different under Doc? Uh, so, first of all, way more energy. I'm seeing a lot of energy from this team. Um, I mean, you can see when you're watching the game if guys are having any energy when they play defense. Look at the All-Star game right now. These guys just don't play defense, and yeah. they shouldn't. It, they shouldn't in this game. But 
I was starting to get that watching a Bucks game. It was like, all right, what the heck is going on here? Like, you just don't seem like you care. Um, but with the switch to Doc, I'm seeing a lot more double teams, um, which was something that was mm-hmm. significantly laughing or lacking under Griffin. Uh, and then it looks like he almost switched into some sort of man zone scheme. Um, you know, not a full zone, but definitely more to it because the way that I was seeing players, you know, move off and into these double teamed like trap moments, uh, I was not seeing under Griffin at all. Uh, and I think that goes to my earlier point with, uh, Brooks frustration of, being on the man and being where he was supposed to be, Brooks like, that doesn't make sense for me to be out there. So exhaust that energy to get out when as soon as I do that, the guy's either going to go right past me or pass it past me. So we have to just let him shoot and look, if he makes two in a row, then we change it up. But until that happens, let me play where I'm supposed to play. Um, you know, that that's some of the stuff that stood out to me immediately. Um, and, and that was... Um, I don't know, that, that energy is something I, I definitely saw. And I thought they, as a team, were like, you know, I'm sick of being talked about as though we don't play defense and we're a bad defensive team, and that was part of it. Um, but I definitely feel like it wasn't just, you know, that man coverage that you see where guys are just chasing each other around and one guy's totally getting burned and he, you see him running around the court all day. It was like there was an actual scheme that was taking place that seemed to really fit the, the, the guys out there. Yeah, I agree. I love the double teaming that they're doing, the kind of the late late help. It's like it doesn't come right away, but if I think in the, like the Denver game, you know, Jokic had it, he's holding the ball for two two seconds, three seconds, and then Giannis comes over and they end up getting the steal in that possession. So kind of like the the late help, end of the shot clock, you know, trap kind of stuff. Um that's that definitely has been noticeable and I I think it's been great. And a stat to back that up is we are forcing more turnovers. We were last in the league under Griffin, and we're 10th in the league under Dak. So that definitely seems to be one difference that, that's pretty apparent. Um, another thing... You know, and I think that, that's a ahead. huge difference, too, by the way, because we didn't bring Dame in to play defense. I mean, yeah, yeah obviously you play defense, but we brought him in to be this offensive weapon, which he has become... And is I, I truly believe he's just continuing to get better and better. And you haven't even had Middleton, who is one of the best mid-range shooters in the league. That you know the casual fans just don't see at all. I mean, he's it's been very unfortunate that he's been battling these injuries. But it's like if our defense can improve with what we have right now, I mean, this is on paper is setting up for great success. We just have to see the execution. Yeah. The other obvious difference is limiting transition, right? The transition defense was awful under Griffin. Uh, and and I, I blame, I think that's because the buyers never bought in. I think that was an effort thing personally. But that definitely has changed pretty dramatically from last in the league to in the last 10 games under Doc, third in the league. So they essentially went from worst to best in transition <laughs> defense. Um <laughs> So yeah, big change there, and I think that has been pretty obvious watching the games as well. Well, it's interesting to say that too because I've actually been noticing uh, the Bucks getting a lot more offensive rebounds. Um, which there was something that was like, you know, you, you can't if you're going to be a defensive, you know, if you're going to have a defensive scheme, it's either going to be we're getting the offensive rebounds, and our transition defense is going to suffer because of it, but we're going to really make sure that you're not getting these easy rebounds from us, or you're going to say, I don't care about the offensive rebound. I'm getting back on defense. The problem was with Griffin, they were doing none of it. It was like they weren't getting the rebound, and then all of a sudden the other team is down there doing a layup. It's like, where did everybody go? They're hanging out at half court because nobody got that rebound, and there's nobody back there to stop somebody. And now I'm seeing a little bit of both, and I think it's, you know, Giannis and Brooke, are not going to run back there on transition D. It's just not, that's just not their game. So try for the rebound if you think it's a position and these other guys have to get back because you're going to lose the transition battle for the fast guards. You know, it's not Jokic getting down there before everyone else getting the layup. No, it's it's Murray. It's going to be all these, these quick guys. So it's like, yeah, send our guards back there. 
if Giannis is hanging around the rim, have him and Brooks stay down there. If they get the rebound, they get the rebound. They're both strong enough and big enough to put it back up. But um, I don't know. you, you got to figure it out. You can't be bad at both. And I think that's five and something that I saw from, from Doc that I was super happy about. A fun fact regarding that, uh, the Bucks rank last in the percentage of opponent rebounds that led to a transition play. That's not too surprising. The fun fact is last year we were 29th. And during the Bud years, we were always in the bottom third. So like this team, this core that we have has just never done that. Like they've, they've always been pretty bad at giving up transition plays on <laughs> opponent rebounds. So I, I guess there is some personnel and, and history with like Bud's system that has fell, you know, fallen into that. So it's maybe not completely Griffin's fault. It's like he inherited that problem, apparently. Um, all right. So another thing I noticed here was the defensive rebounding. We improved from 15th in the league to 7th in the league on defensive rebounding. Uh, and it's probably one reason that our offense is getting into transition a little bit more. Um, so that, that seems like a, a good thing. I haven't necessarily noticed that, but, and that's, that's maybe an, also a, an effort thing too. Maybe that's just players trying harder. It could be. And I, you know, I think there's something to um, potentially the scheme, the effort, all that kind of stuff, because um, the, the big thing I noticed with the rebounding is with Bobby Portis. So when Griffin was there, you know, Bobby's Bobby, right? He, he's going to be, you know, you, you live and die with, the way that Brooks shoots a three, you're going to live and die with Bobby Portis doing Bobby Portis things. I mean, he has every possibility of getting thrown out of a game, uh, but he'll get the team and the crowd fired up before, because of it. Uh, he might get hot one night uh, shooting threes or, you know, doing whatever. He might have a sh really cold day where he's doing nothing. But that's, that's Bobby, right? Uh, when Griffin was there, Bobby was fighting for rebounds with his own players. The number of times I yeah. saw him rip yeah. a rebound out of Brooks' hand, Giannis's hand, any of these types of players, it was like, "What are you? What are you doing? I don't get that." Um, but you know, the Denver game that I watched very closely, he never did that. He knew his role, got the rebound, passed it on. If someone else was going for it, he backed away. It was like, okay, there's something definitely there. Um, and I think part of it, you know, if, if there is truth to the fact that Brook hated the defensive system so much. I'm sure Bobby was as well. You know, Bobby was very outspoken, um, saying that things need to be much better. That could be a big part of it, and that's his way of showing his frustration. Um, but, you know, my final note on Bobby here is I think Bobby Portis, under the right leadership, could become like a Dennis Rodman-type player. And I'm surprised that more people haven't done that. I know it's the new way that the league is where... You know, you have to be able to play offense and defense. But Bobby's when he's playing really well on defense, he is fantastic. He can fight for these rebounds. He's big. He's tall. Why nobody likes that game that Rodman had? I mean, I mean, Rodman mm -hmm. notoriously would have zero points of twenty eight rebounds. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying you necessarily have to go that route, but Bobby should be like, I'm the rebound guy. Like every bit, everyone that's near me, I'm getting it. it. Is my thing. I'm getting 20 rebounds a night. If I get some points with it, that's great. But this is my job. This is what I'm doing because he's also an enforcer. I mean, look at the times that anyone starts to get in a fight. Bobby's the guy that's right there going, let's go. Like he's not even like slowly backing down. He has a smile on his face. Like I know that I could win. And so like, if this is what you want to do, that's fine. We'll do it. And it gets me that Rodman attitude where it's like, all right, like if that's what you want to do right now, let's do it. But I, I worry that he's too focused on, I have to do a little bit of everything. And I, I would really like to see him focus so much more on the defense. Yeah, with Bobby, he definitely gives that energy that we need and that spark. Um, and he is the enforcer. He's standing up to anybody and everybody. And so even if he's not playing well, it's it's almost worth like it is worth having someone like that on the team who's on the court, not just Thanasis on the bench doing that. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, he, he definitely serves that purpose. Um, and to your point, he's a great rebounder. Um, the other thing is he's, he's a scorer. And so, I mean, I see him as kind of a six guy, not, not completely, but I mean, he'll come off the bench and he'll be 
he'll put up, you know, a quick 10 points, you know, hit a three or two, give it to, you know, give him a post up. And he's, he's pretty good at that. I didn't look at his numbers at all, but he is a scorer. Like he's good at that. Uh, the defense in, in terms of defending a player, I, I'd say is questionable. I think a lot of people would say he's pretty yeah. bad, but he definitely is the best rebounder. One of the best rebounders on the team. Uh, what you can't say about Lopez, who's like seven foot one or whatever. <laughs> like, why is Lopez not a better rebounder? I, I've never understood that. Yeah, his age is really starting to show. I think a little bit. I mean, the back surgeries and stuff like that. And he's still, you know, when when you watch Rook throw up a three, it is a long process. I mean, it, it is compared <laughs> yeah. to anybody else. You're like, oh my gosh, this guy. Like, how is he? How is he even getting the shot off? Because it seems like it's been taking him five minutes to do it. Um, yeah. But, I mean, that's something like when he was in uh, Brooklyn and New Jersey, uh, he only played by the rim. That was all he did. And then, you know, he had other coaches that started having him play out. Um, And I think that was maybe part of my mindset with Bobby. It's like, yeah, he is a scorer. He's not going to be the rod points. But why can't you be the rebound guy and then do, like, the quick putbacks? Like, that's fine. And then what you do is you stretch – that position later because when they're like oh Bobby's out at three okay well he's going to make that all day but he's also absolutely cleaning the glass on both ends you know that that just completely changes what you have to do as a as a team to guard against that guy but right now I mean yeah he's minor defensive liability he is going to get the rebounds he's going to score but it's like I don't know you got to have a better purpose yeah um well very quick the last uh, note that I had about the defense is that under Griffin, opposing teams were shooting 35% from three. Under Doc, opposing teams are shooting 41%. I'm guessing this is just an unlucky 10 game stretch. Uh, but curious if you've seen any. Are we are we giving up more open threes? I guess I I didn't know where to look up that information. Um, on the eye test, are you seeing a difference, or do you think it's just uh, teams just happen to be hitting shots the past ten games? Uh, I think it's something that it's just a bad streak. Unfortunately, um, I, I'm not seeing anything that's preventing us from, um, you know, having better coverage out there. Um, I think it's a lot of teams. You know, you're going to have the the Charlotte Hornets uh, that are going to be like, all right, if we're going to have any shot at this game, we have to start shooting threes. And I don't know the stats from that game. Um, but there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be like, all right, if we're going to have to beat the, the Bucks, we're going to have to score. And it's a three-point league right now. And I think that was potentially an unlucky stretch. I don't think there was many plays where it was just like, can somebody please cover the guy? Um, but it's just going to be... I mean, the All-Star game tonight, if you watch the very first quarter, uh, Halliburton had 15 points in the first couple minutes because he had his first five shots were made threes. First five shots of the game. And it's like, okay, well, that, you don't see that, right? But it happens. We all know what happens. So you can have any team in the league and have their guy get hot, and what are you supposed to do about it? It's like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, so from the eye test, I didn't see anything um, that showed that there was a, a reason why we, we are giving up more threes. Um, it's surprising that it's that much. Um, but uh, we also had a, a rough stretch. I mean, those were rough 10 games uh, that we played. Yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to touch on with Doc, and I think we offline, is that the term offline? We talked about this. Um, <laughs> the uh, Doc on the Bill Simmons show, he talked about, like, before he was going to be a coach, you know, like, there was no talk about firing Griffin. Like, we didn't know anything, any of this. He's talking to Bill Simmons about, about the Bucks and saying how he wanted to see more two man game with Giannis and Dame. I assume he's thinking about more pick and roll between the two of them. And maybe it's just, maybe it's a combination. I mean, you could have dribble handoffs inside out play, you know, there's multiple ways, but especially in today's NBA, I'm assuming he's thinking we need more pick and roll between Giannis and Dame. Um, I guess maybe real quick, have, have you seen more of that or not? Um, I feel like I have not seen that yet. I have seen more pick and rolls, believe it or not, with Dame and Brooke. Yes. Uh, which is surprising, um, yep. which I've been seeing. It's like, okay. Um, so I don't know if there's more to the story of maybe why uh, Giannis and Dame are not are not doing this. Is this something that is 
you know, one of them feels like that's not part of their game and they, you know, have to find a better way to deal with that. Um, but they're both professionals and I, they both want to win. Um, and so I, I, I can't imagine that's the story, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, Brooke and Dame seem to be doing the pick and roll more and more. Uh, and I think that, that maybe there was some miscommunication on who the other person that was supposed to be doing those pick and rolls with Dame is. Um, maybe he can get that <laughs> clarified. Um, but, you know, I guess it's nice to see somebody doing it. It is helping a little bit. Um, yeah, it didn't, didn't, help, uh, it. didn't help at the end of the game against the Grizzlies, but it yeah. usually helps. Um, yeah, so, usually. <laughs> um, looking at the stats, Dame is actually fifth in the league in number of possessions per game as the ball handler for pick and roll. So throughout the season, that's a total season stat. So he's he's been doing pick and rolls, but like you said, I think it's mostly with Brooke. And maybe, you know, Portis, whoever else. Um, it hasn't been a ton with Giannis. Um, and Dame's pretty good. He gets a point per possession. It's not great. It's not elite, you know. But that's good. It's it's a, you know, it's it's worth doing. But Giannis is elite. One point one five points per possession, and that's either ball handler or roller, for Giannis. The thing is, he just doesn't do it a ton. He only is two possession two possessions per game as the roller I mean he's a, a seven foot guy who you can't defend and he's getting one he's getting an awesome efficiency on that I just wish that they did it more and if you have Dame on the other end of that it just seems like you're going to make life easier for Dame either Dame's going to get a more wide open shot compared to doing a pick and roll with Brooke or give it to Giannis Giannis has a one-on-one you know seven feet from the room that's a, that's a dunk so I do want to see more of that. Doc said he wanted to see more of that. Uh, so that's like the number one thing I'm looking for. Like, I want to see that. There's really no reason that Giannis isn't doing it more. That's one of the more efficient ways he gets points. You know, besides transition, I think that's the most efficient way for him to get points. Um, and he's doing it some, but we're losing games. Like, you know, so I, I just don't see why it's not happening at least a little bit more. Do you think there's any um, coaching philosophy into that as far as like, you know, unless the world ends, the Bucks are making the playoffs, right? We just are battling for what seed we're going to be. Yeah. Um, do you think there's something too like, let's not show that too much in the regular season because we're going to rely on it in the playoffs? Um, I don't know that I even believe that that could be a thing because it's like you have to use these regular season games, if anything, as practice and see how this works and try some things and uh, you can't save it all for the playoffs um, so it's impossible that they're not going to show us at all but I wonder if there's anything to to that um, that they're using it with different players and then feel like it's just going to hit or if maybe you know you think back to like early Giannis when Jason Kidd was there bringing up the idea of you know Giannis you shouldn't be the ball handler you should be bringing it up sometimes be you know slashing from the top of the key you know that was definitely something he brought in there that was not part of what Giannis initially probably thought he was bringing maybe it's the same type of thing with Doc where it's like well, we want you to do these pick and rolls and with this certain player this is how this is going to work and maybe he's just slowly getting used to it I don't know I mean I'm just throwing out some ideas but uh, I, it's definitely something that I want to see improve um, in these next uh, half of the season maybe yeah maybe there's something to that i mean that i've heard that before um but i mean it's modern day nba it's like there's pick and rolls all the time uh so uh i i mean i i would see maybe in maybe in the playoffs you're gonna do it more you know you're not gonna like just kill it to that like the knicks do it basically every play um right. uh, so yeah maybe there is something to that uh but it seems like there's an awful number of possessions where Giannis is just taking it in a half court set, you know, taking it from the top of the key, just kind of on his own, finding his way to the rim, which, you know, works way more than you would expect it to work. <laughs> and that's probably why it keeps happening. Uh, I would, I would like to just replace a few of those possessions with some sort of set, you know, with like let's do the pick and roll instead you know and uh, yeah i guess that's the main th my, my main takeaway is just there's a little bit too much of Giannis on his own 
you know, and yeah. and I'm not sure. I, my take is I think it's difficult for Giannis to shift his game. He's done this for 10 years now or whatever it's been, and he's been incredible, and he's won two MVPs and a championship, and he's still scoring and just he's awesome. Uh, but I do think it's better for the team for him to have a little bit less usage, give more usage to Dame, and play more as a team because that that's kind of I, I wouldn't say they're da- they're doing like your turn my turn but it it is a lot a bit more isolation than I would want to see. Yeah, I agree, and I, I, I you know you're, you're right. It's this has been Giannis's game. It's been working. Um, you're not going to completely change all that kind of stuff, but yeah, it is happening a lot. I think that. You know, as great as Chris Middleton is, as great as Drew Holiday, um, you know, Dame is a different player. Um, Drew and Chris were not uh, on the top 75 list. Dame is completely different, and they just have to find a way to work together. And it's got to be, you know, Giannis, like, you have an actual elite player over there. So, like, it doesn't have to always be on you. And I think some of that, too, is, like, you know, it, it's the NBA in general, but I definitely watch way more Bucks games than anything else. But the number of times that you especially see this team arguing with the refs of how did I not get that call? How did I not get that call? Mm. It's like, I get it. I totally get it. Yes, you probably should have gotten that call there. And it, this is the way that you play your game. You need to set that up early. But if you're not getting them, stop arguing and wasting that extra time because that time does add up to you know, 15 seconds a game that you're arguing with the ref after the play about a call, and that makes a difference in the NBA. And it's like, if you're going to do this, find out early. You're getting the call, you're not getting the call, adjust your game, or just be like, look, I'm just going to go for it, I'm going to hope I get the call, and if I don't, then that's the type of game they're calling today. But, um, you know, it's too much just complaining about it after the fact. You're not going to get it every time. It's not going to work. That actually does worry me a little bit with Dame's game and how that's going to translate to the play. I mean, he's been in the playoffs. He's had multiple game-winning shots in the playoffs. It's, it's not like he hasn't done it before. He got to the Western Conference Championship. Um, but watching him play and go to the room and, and kind of rely on getting fouled, and then, when, like you said, when he doesn't get the call, he's arguing. Um, but they don't call that as often in the playoffs. You know, they let you get away right. with a lot more. Kind of like you know the James Harden situation. He's like definitely way worse in the playoffs, and I think it's probably at least partially because of how he plays. He gets a lot of fouls, so I think that's a great part of Dame's game is how I mean it's efficient to get a lot of free throws. But I'm a little worried come playoff time that he's going to be relying on those fouls and he's not going to get them. Yeah, and I hope that is something that comes with the veteran leadership of the coaching team to be able to say like I mean because look Dame played with Terry Stotts for a while. Stotts was a great coach, but um, I believe that Portland was his first head coaching job. Um, and, uh, you know, with Doc, he's played, he's coached on multiple teams, coached for a long time. He's got guys on his staff that have coached as head coaches in the league. I mean, they're bringing a lot of experience to be able to take someone over and be like, look, man, uh, that's not going to fly all the time. Like, this is what we have to change about this because in the long run, you know, this is the type of stuff you can't rely on those calls. You have to be able to adjust. You have to be able to do things a certain way. Um, and I, I hope those voices are loud enough for them to hear it. Definitely. The to to close off this doc conversation, um, is it just as simple? Those these last ten games, is it just as simple as Dame was hurt a couple games, Middleton was hurt most of them, and for the games that Dame played, he was bad. Is it that simple? I hope so. Um, I mean, I, I sure hope so. It's the, again, I'm going to call out the casual Bucks fans that are going to say, "All right, you should still be able to win with Giannis." It's like, okay, let me let me tell you something right now. Like, it's not the same team with like we have a good team, right? But when you take away an All Star starting point guard, Damian Lillard, and a previous All Star, one of the best mid range shooters, in Chris Middleton. That is going to significantly impact your team. Like, Giannis can't do the whole thing on himself. I mean, you know, it, it just the way it works. I mean, look at, you go back to Jordan. Jordan struggled until he got teammates that were more capable of helping him so that he could do his thing. But you can't just have Michael Jordan and, you know, the 
class of 98 from Arrowhead uh, as his team and expect them to win. Like, it's just not enough. Um, so I'm hoping it's as simple as that. I'd like to see, you know, I, uh, Chris hurting his ankle. That sucked. It didn't look great. Um, but I think they're also being very cautious with him. Um, they know, again, this is a playoff team. So Chris just needs to make sure he gets enough of those rehab minutes back in so that when the playoffs start, He's ready to rock, and we can hopefully avoid injuries in the actual playoffs. And then, uh, you know, that's the thing with Dame, too, is this guy is putting up great stats, um, but he reaches another level in front of everyone's eyes. You know, it goes from, you know, Damian Lillard is a top-five player. Uh, Oh, yeah, I kind of forgot about Damian Lillard. Oh, yeah, I guess he's playing, to All of a sudden is this guy the greatest player in the league? And it just happens all of a sudden. And it's just like, you can't miss, and he's unstoppable. And it's like, that's what I'm looking forward to. I know we haven't seen it yet. I know he has admitted that it's not there yet, but I think it's coming. And I, I'm just, this is going to be a very tough team if those things line up. So maybe it's the stupid optimist that I am, but I'm hoping it's as simple as, you know, just a couple things going the wrong way. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty incredible threesome there. Compare it to Phoenix, KD, Book, and Beal. I'd rather have Giannis Dame Middleton. I would too. And I don't care what team Allen's on. It doesn't matter. <laughs> 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 Even though he's shooting incredibly well. I wish that yeah, was there the last year. Yeah, what happened there? Jeez. Yeah. Um, okay, so I had a bunch for Pat Connaughton. Let's do that next time. Okay. Um. I do want to throw and, out one more thing, though, um, especially watching the Denver game. Uh, just a quick call out on the officiating here. If we can't get the officials to figure out the bullshit calls that come in in these games, um, I'm going to really lose my mind. I get that you call Giannis for carrying because it happens. But to call it in the fourth quarter was absolutely ridiculous. It's like I, I get in the game – you have the other team, the other coaches. They're the ones that are in the ear of the officiating, and they're saying you got to call this, you got to call this. What he's doing, and finally they call it. But like a call like carrying, you're either calling it or you're not. But like to pick and choose when this is happening is so frustrating to be watching. It's like there are people that carry it all the time, all the time, and to have it come in when it does is a problem. Uh, it, you know, some of these are so blatant that you have to call them, but Giannis is not dribbling any different than he normally does. And to call it when he did was just like uh, unbelievable. I, I just could not understand the thought process there. And I just had to get that off my chest. <laughs> what frustrates me most with the replay is when they go to the replay, they, they can look at this over and over and over again and they get it wrong. Like, the, yes. the, like <laughs> yeah. I can't get over that. Uh, and I yeah. forgot what the play was. It just happened recently. I know what it was. There was a loose ball. And who was it? Someone pushed Connaughton out of the way to get yes. the ball. Okay. Yes. They called a foul on the player who pushed Connaughton initially. Then they challenged the, they challenged the call, went to replay. You can see in the replay that the player, that it was a loose ball. The player, do you remember who it was? I keep saying the player. I, I think I think it was Denver. And I think it was Jokic. I, I, I know the I know the play, and I think that was the game. Um, I, I'm not going to cut in anymore, but I, 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 mean, I think that's what I think this is the one you're talking. <laughs> okay, let's just say it was Jokic. Okay. So Jokic pushes. So before he put, he kind of shoulders Connaughton out of the way. And right before that, he, he touches the loose ball. He touches it, but he doesn't have possession of it. It's a loose ball. He reaches out, touches the ball to try and, you know, gather it. But it's kind of, you know, it, it bounces on, on the ground, essentially, kind of in front of both of them. He totally shoulders his whole body into Connaughton. Connaughton goes flying as Connaughton's reaching for the ball by the way gets shouldered out of the way goes to the ground and that was the initial call was foul which was the correct call 
they went to replay and they reversed the call, said it was a foul on Connaughton, and they said it was because the offensive player had possession of the ball. Yeah. And he didn't. <laughs> he did not. Have it's like, what's possession? Just touching the ball? I, it was that was mind boggling. That was that was horrible. And Marcus Johnson was losing his mind on that play because <laughs> yes. he goes, "I don't even know what possession in this league is anymore." He goes, "That's possession." He's like, I, "I'm completely lost." He's like, "I'm just an old man watching the game because if that's what you call it, he's like, I, I've lost." He's like, "Almost like I can't do this job if that's the call you're going to make." And it was, I completely agree. It was like you had the call correct. The way that you just called it, and that's why I think it was Jokic, because it was an established player that is the type of player that gets those calls, but it's like, come on, what are you doing on that one? There's no way you could look at yourself in the mirror and say that you got that right at the end. There's no way. <laughs> no, yeah, that that's that's what I hate the most. And that happens occasionally where it's just like, you've you, it happens with football too, and it's like... You, you're you're looking at the replay and you're still getting it wrong like let's just get rid of the replay if that's how it's gonna go yeah oh man um okay well maybe to, to wrap up this podcast i do have a fun fact that i fell into looking at pat Connaughton's stats uh so we won't get into the pat stuff um but i found we'll this, this yeah this interesting lineup note pat bev has only played four games not many games. He's only played 59 minutes in those four games. Okay, so not much time on the court for Pat Bev really to even have various lineups. He's been in 13 lineups. 12 of them have been less than 10 possessions. But, you know, that makes sense. He's only played an hour of basketball time. But the other lineup has played 51 possessions, which is crazy that they've played that much together. The other thing is it happens to be one of Connaughton's worst lineups with over 50 possessions. So Connaughton's in there with Pat Bev. It's Portis, Giannis, Connaughton, A.J. Green, and Pat Bev. It's only 51 possessions. It's not a ton, but it has a rating of negative 25.7. Like, why? Do you, I mean, I assume the coaches, like, look at all this stuff, right? I mean, they have, like, 10 assistant coaches on the bench all wearing the same long sleeve shirt, whatever that is. It's like one of those guys is is doing a much better job looking at all every crazy advanced stat. You know, I'm just looking at cleaning the glass for an hour. Okay. Like they're diving into this stuff. How it just like how does that happen? And it just intuitively to me, AJ Green and Pat Bev, that doesn't even make sense just initially. Like why is that the backcourt? So, you know what's funny about that stat is that I'm not surprised at all that's the lineup. And I say that because I'll watch the game and I'll go, what is this lineup? And that's always the lineup. It's like I'm looking around going, what are you doing right now? Like, this is the weirdest lineup that you could possibly pick. And it's like, I guess I don't understand the thought process. And maybe that's, you know, a little teaser for the, for the Pat conversation is Pat's getting a raw deal here. You know, Pat is getting up, you know, he's playing with a bunch of, you know, incompatible pieces and expecting to do something. And he's like, I don't even know where I fit in this. You got, what do you got, three guards that are all just like, like, I don't know where our place is here. They're all, all sitting in three-point lane waiting for the shot. Of course, you're not going to get a rebound. You're not going to do anything. Like, oh, I just, I hate that lineup. And I'm not surprised that that's the one it is. I've seen it a couple times. And it just blows my mind. I don't understand it. So they don't play till Friday? Is that what you said? Next game's on Friday. Okay. Well, we'll have to look for that. Portis, Giannis, Pat, AJ Green, Pat Bev. Yeah. Let's see if that lineup is out on the floor and, and how they do. <laughs> um, okay. Well, yeah, that was a, a good first hour. Um, you can find us at Double Dribble Bucks at gmail.com. You can email us at Double Dribble Bucks at, e at gmail.com. Send us your questions, all of you listeners. We will answer them on the pod. We also have a Twitter account, but I forgot the handle. Maybe we'll have to plug that next time. Yeah, next time. I probably won't <laughs> Indeed. tweet until Friday, so that'll be all right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, anything else you got for the fans? Uh, no, I'm, I am looking forward to some uh, some big changes, though. Uh, 
try to be optimistic coming out of this All-Star weekend. Uh, you know, Dame is a three-point champ. Uh, that's got to be good. Uh, you know, and I think Giannis is needing a weekend where he kind of hangs out with some people that are passionate about basketball, and that's what this weekend is. So I'm hoping there's some big takeaways and uh, we see some big firepower coming out of this week. Excellent. All right. Well, good talking to you. And until next time, go Bucks.